Tēnā my name is Will Appleby, and this is Animal Matters. On today's show, five dogs in five weeks. That's how many greyhounds have been killed recently by the greyhound racing industry. The industry is facing increased scrutiny, and the SPCA have stepped into the ring. And it's been 12 months since a catastrophe took place on a Helensville chicken farm, which saw nearly 200,000 chickens suffocate to death. You'd think by now MPI would have completed their investigation. Spoiler, they haven't. Animal Matters is brought to you by Safe for Animals, New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation. As always, we're here to open up for discussion the key issues facing animals. We bring you the latest news and commentary every fortnight with a focus on the exploitation of animals. Last week, Parliament officially reopened with all the pomp and circumstance that goes with it. New MPs were sworn in and made their opening speeches. Trevor Mallard was re-elected to Speaker of the House and the Governor-General read her speech from the throne. The speech from the throne essentially sets out the government's agenda for the new term. I watched about 10 minutes but stopped because honestly it's so boring. The speech is online for all to read, though it didn't make any mention of animal welfare, so that's about all I'll say about it. Following the election, the question a lot of us were considering was who would be the new animal welfare spokesperson for the Green Party? The Greens have a history of having a voice for animals in Parliament, a role that Gareth Hughes did a stellar job at, along with Mojo Mathers and Sue Kidgley before him. Last week, the Greens released their reshuffled portfolio allocations, and animal welfare was given to none other than Chloe Swarbrick. I had considered her an obvious choice. She's a vegan and recently criticised the Melbourne Cup. When I interviewed Gareth Hughes for this show earlier in the year, he suggested that Chloe would make a great animal welfare spokesperson. This is fantastic news. The Greens undoubtedly have the most progressive animal welfare policies and aren't afraid to criticise the Labour Party and call them out on their broken promises. And Chloe obviously has a huge public profile. People recognise her and she has a great platform to advance the agenda on issues she's campaigning on. Now that the Labour Party have put animal welfare back on the agenda by reinstating Mika Whaiteri as Minister Responsible for Animal Welfare, it only seems natural that the National Party would have a shadow spokesperson for animal welfare. Dove announced Waikata MP Tim Vandermollen as their animal welfare spokesperson. This is his second term, entering Parliament after the 2017 election and holding his seat by a narrow margin at 51% last season. He's a former dairy farmer, rural bank manager and winner of the Young Farmer of the Year Award. His profile on the National Party's website has no mention of animal welfare, but mentions that he has a focus on advancing the success of the primary industries. In my view, that focus would be in stark contrast to advancing policies that would actually help animals. Time will tell if he's actually interested in pursuing policies that might actually help animals. Last weekend, two more greyhounds were killed on racing tracks in New Zealand, both at Manukau Stadium in Auckland. That brings the death toll to five dogs in the last five weeks. Smash Burton and Kiwi Boy were both euthanized after suffering injuries in separate races. As this news broke, SPCA came out and threw their support behind a ban on greyhound racing. 
A spokesperson said that the charity opposes greyhound racing because of the significant animal welfare concerns regarding current practices. SAFE is campaigning to end greyhound racing right now, and we're supporting Greyhound Protection League's petition. The petition is asking Parliament to pass legislation to ban greyhound racing and to require all dogs that have been bred for racing be rehomed and rehabilitated. The racing industry would have you believe they're doing a fine job at looking after their dogs, but their own official figures would beg to differ. Greyhound Racing New Zealand released their annual report last week, which showed the industry still has a problem with greyhound fatalities. 34 dogs were killed on racetracks during the 2019-2020 season, and a further 165 dogs were euthanised for undisclosed reasons. In total, the racing industry killed 199 dogs last season. The racing industry says this is an improvement. My view is, one dog killed is one too many. By Tuesday, pressure on the racing industry was mounting. So, how did Greyhound Racing New Zealand respond? They published a sympathy Facebook post for the owners of Kiwi Boy, who they say passed away on Sunday. For starters, he did not pass away. He was euthanised after sustaining injuries on the track. That was after he made the industry over $70,000. Further to that, it took over 48 hours for this post to emerge, and only after intense media scrutiny prompted by the industry's failings. I would bet they would never have published that sympathy post had the industry not been facing mounting criticism. It's actually kind of disgusting. The petition has now been signed by 8,000 people, which is an amazing result since we only started our campaign a couple of weeks ago. Head to safe.org.nz so you can sign the petition. Sunday was an anniversary of sorts but not the kind of anniversary that one would normally look forward to. Sunday marked one year since workers discovered nearly 200,000 birds dead inside a Helensville chicken farm. The cause of death was likely to be suffocation due to a power outage and subsequent failure of the backup generator, which cut off the fan-forced air supply to the shed. This was an animal welfare disaster and something that you'd think the agency responsible for animal welfare would want to promptly get to the bottom of, right? Well, 12 months has now passed, and MPI still haven't finished their investigation. To make matters worse, the farm, which supplies to Teagle, didn't tell MPI at the time that anything had happened. It wasn't until MPI had been told by someone else as a tip-off that the farm actually confirmed the deaths. There is no excuse for an investigation to take this long, and this is the latest in MPI's litany of failures. Less than 1% of all complaints received by MPI ever lead to a prosecution, and there's countless examples that we can point to. A farmer who was bashing his cows with pipes was never properly investigated, despite two separate complaints to MPI. It wasn't until Farmwatch investigated that MPI actually pressed charges. Just recently, a man was convicted following a successful private prosecution laid by the New Zealand Animal Law Association after the defendant was caught using an electric prodder on calves and steers at a rodeo. This was after MPI issued a warning after receiving a complaint. I could go on, but you get the point. It is clear that we need better monitoring and enforcement of animal welfare in New Zealand, and MPI is just not up to the task. 
We can solve this though by establishing an independent crown entity with the resources and mandate to effectively enforce our animal welfare laws and regulations. You have been listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, New Zealand's leading animal rights organisation and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wire.